You are tuned into the Dr. Tina Show with Dr. Tina Moore. For more, visit drtina.com. On this episode of the Dr. Tina Show, I'm going solo and we're talking all things happy hormones and healthy metabolism. I got a message the other day from someone on Instagram asking me my thoughts on BHRT or bioidentical hormone replacement. And I thought that the podcast would be the perfect place to answer. I am a woman of nearly 49 years old and I have used my fair share of bioidentical hormone replacement. I have absolutely no issue with hormones or use of hormones. I think hormones are an amazing tool that we can use quite safely for optimal aging. Now, I'm not talking using crazy super physiologic doses of hormones to get yourself, you know, in the hormonal status of a 25-year-old, but I certainly do plan on aging as optimally and healthfully and gently as possible. I call it intentional healthy aging, and I have been working on this since my 30s. All right, so let's talk about metabolism for a minute. We talk a lot about hormonal balancing. We talk about hormone optimization. There's a lot of influencers online talking about hormone, you know, balance your hormones with this salad or take this supplement. And all of it sounds like utter nonsense to me if the root cause is not addressed. And that root cause is your metabolic health. There is absolutely 100% no way that your hormones will ever be optimized naturally or with bioidentical hormone replacement if your metabolic health is not in tune. So let me say that again in a different way. There's no way that you're ever going to have optimal health via your hormones being in a good balance and a good state if your metabolic health is a disaster. And sadly, the data is showing that anywhere between 88% and 94% of US adults' metabolic health is indeed a disaster. So there is a very high likelihood that you, the listener, may fall into that category. I say this with love because I used to be one of them. Now, you don't have to be overweight or obese to be a metabolic health disaster. You also can be quite thin. You, It's called TOFI, thin on the outside, fat on the inside. I've talked about this. I talked about it on my last episode. That's a whole other issue. Bottom line is I firmly believe you need to have good muscle mass. You need to be sleeping well. You need to be eating adequate amounts of animal protein. You need to be getting sunlight. You need to have your circadian rhythm set. You need to have your stress in check. You need to be living a life of purpose. I would add in good, healthy sex on the regular. Good, healthy, happy hormones really require you to use them. And for us to use them, we need to be in good, healthy relationships with people around us. Those people need to be healthy. Those people need to have their hormones in check. You can see this is pretty complicated, right? But we can't control all of that, right? We can control most of it. And I'm not, I'll be straight with you guys. I think it's such nonsense when you see influencers and it's like a day in my life. And people always ask me, hey, Tina, will you show us a day in your life? Like, yo, I get up when I feel like I have coffee right away. I don't do this whole wait for the coffee thing. I usually do open my phone to see what's going on because I have a daughter who often needs me and I have two aging parents who often need me. So I got to check on them. 
I got to make sure everybody's alive and well. I have a whole team of employees. I have a business to run. There's no like leisurely lollygagging morning, you know? I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't wake up in a frenzy like I used to to run off to the clinic to treat patients, but I definitely, uh, I have to do. So I don't have this like leisurely morning. I don't cold plunge and then sauna and meditate for an, I don't spend three hours preparing myself for the day. I drink my coffee. I have a bowel movement and I get about my work and in there, I'll get my walk in. I'll get a workout in. I'll get some sauna in. I'll try to obviously head out get a little bit of sunlight in my eyes uh, first thing in the morning or at least get near a window. I live in Oregon. So any of you who live in Oregon know it's pretty much gray skies for nine months. Not, not a lot of that happening. Um, I'll use a, a sad light or a, you know, what the, these morning lights that you flip on and you blast yourself with 10,000 lux to make sure you get your adequate light exposure. Um, I, I like to use red light when I think about it, <laughs> which is often if I need it and I forget about it if I don't. Shoot, my whole house is one big giant biohacking fun zone. And the consistent things I do are move my body. I'm most concerned about my sleep. So I move my body and I try to set my circadian rhythm so that my sleep is good. I'm really concerned that my libido is healthy. That's critically important in my marriage. My husband has a very healthy libido, very, very healthy erections. I have a healthy libido. I have a healthy vagina and we like to use them. Uh, I think it's shocking to me when I look at the stats around intercourse in the age group that I'm in, it's like once a month and we probably have intimacy every day if we can pull it off and definitely every other day. So all of that to say, that's how we balance our hormones we do the things that hormones call us to do. If you're a mother and you have children, you know, holding your children, cuddling your children, taking care of them, nurturing them, that sets off a whole slew of healthy hormones for you. If you're a man doing the things that men do instinctually, we are mammals. You guys, we're fancy mammals with opposable thumbs. This has nothing to do with gender identity. Men have testosterone in higher amounts than women do, and men need to go do things that stoke testosterone. They do well when they are physical. They do well when they are, when they bring the meat home, right? If they sit under a cubicle or in a cubicle under fluorescent lights all day, jacking up their hormones, they're not going to be very healthy. It doesn't matter how many supplements you throw at them. Women need to have their estrogen nourished. And we do that by feeling loved and feeling safe. We do that by feeling sexy. We do that by being allowed to drop our guard and know that we are cared for and we are safe. Um, we do that by taking care of our children. We do that by socializing and gathering in groups. Men the same. Men are warriors. They they gather in tribes and do warrior manly things. And women traditionally did things that actually stoked their oxytocin, which stoked their estrogen, like weaving baskets, preparing food and, and talking in groups while they nurtured and nourished the children. So I'm not trying to be super traditional. I'm just going from like a primal medicine standpoint here. Something we've forgotten is we are fancy mammals with opposable thumbs and we have different roles. And if we don't give some clout to those roles, our hormones are going to get all screwed up. And if we don't take really good care of our metabolism, i.e. our ability to ingest and process the foods and molecules and substrate that we exist on, our hormones can never adequately do their job. 
and they won't ever get in balance and we'll always be chasing our tail. So to the folks who want to be put on bioidentical hormones, my first question is always when a patient would come in is, let's test your metabolic health. Because if your metabolic health is a disaster, then if I put you on the hormones, and I did a lot of BHRT, you guys, a lot, a lot in practice, long-term BHRT for some, short-term for others, we did a lot of BHRT. And I worked for my mentor for decades who also did a lot of BHRT. He was not afraid to use testosterone and other hormones, and I learned how to use them safely and effectively. But what happens when somebody is a disaster of health is you put them on hormones, which is what a lot of MDs do. Sorry to the MDs, but for docs who aren't trained in how to use this stuff, well, NDs do it too. For docs who don't know how to use these hormones, they put they put these people on without getting their metabolic health dialed in first. And they feel awesome for about mm, 60 to 90 days and then they bonk and they hit the wall. And this may have happened to you and it sucks. And then where do you go? And I see this often when I go to hormone BHRT courses, like seminars, conferences, and doctors that are new are so excited about the potential of throwing all these hormones at patients because it can indeed make them feel a lot better. But I promise you, it is transient at best. And I've lived through it. I... More recently, I would say in 2019, uh, I went on testosterone replacement and felt amazing. It did such good for my pain levels. It did such good for my outlook. Um, really, really helped me guster my ambition back. All kinds of benefits. I've I've done a whole and I'll, I, I've done a whole talk on how women need testosterone too, and I will do this again, probably on the podcast, and I'll be writing about it in the near future because it's a big topic. That said, in 2020, when the stress got really, really high from the pandemic and I was holding down the fort and just getting blasted by the entire world and everybody calling me horrific names and attacking me for trying to keep some semblance of reason in the narrative storyline, um, I started ingesting alcohol on the regular, not a lot, but enough that it was regular enough, I should say. And I started down the path of my testosterone turning into estrogen and I was estrogenizing it. And it started making me dumpy and frumpy and hurt all over. So it, you kind of end up in the same place you started, except now you've got hormones on board, which is a disaster. Because if the testosterone is turning to estrogen, that estrogen could potentially be going down a pro-cancer pathway. So I'll back up a second here and, and go through them in more detail each one, but that's my point of sharing that story is you can really, really shoot yourself in the foot if your metabolic health is, in, is not in order. And mine was not because my stress was so high, it was screwing everything up, which can happen. Your stress can blow your metabolic health out of the water. And I was also ingesting a poison on the regular, which was not doing me any favors. So quick rundown of Hormones 101. This is not a full lesson, but I just want to put this out there into the pod world so that you guys have a general understanding Again, my show is for intelligent folks. I talk fast. It's for clinicians. It's for healthcare professionals. Um, it's for the layman person. I want to make sure that an 18-year-old and a 90-year-old can both understand what I'm saying. I'm not trying to impress my colleagues here. I'm trying to make sure that human beings know how to endure this zombie apocalypse. And we live in such a toxic world that having your hormones balanced is real tricky and real challenging. And I don't, to be honest with you, I don't ever really think they get quote unquote balanced. I think we do the best we can. And 
it's going to ebb and flow and change and morph depending on what you're eating, your stress levels, your health overall. Um, you know, if did you get hit recently by a virus and screwed up your whole system? You know, these are all things we have to consider. So I'm never trying to achieve perfectly harmonized hormones. I'm just trying to do the best I can. And some of the things I gauge are the puff under my eyes, my energy levels, my cognition. Cognition's a big one, especially as we age. My memory, um, my affect, my ability to endure in the gym. So stamina, stamina in bed. Again, my vagina, your vaginal health, ladies, is everything. If your vagina is not happy, your hormones are not happy. That's straight up. There's a slam dunk right there. Men, if your erections are not happy and your, your, uh, you know, your unit is not happy, then your hormones are not happy. <laughs> it's real simple. And conversely, you don't have to have erectile dysfunction to have low testosterone. So just because all of your, you know, genital areas are working and your libido's working doesn't mean your hormones are necessarily optimized either. I've met many a person with terrible metabolic health who had great erections and vice versa. So anyway, Hormones 101, let's talk about them. So th this is how I would start in the hierarchy of looking at a patient. This is what I want to share with you. I would look first at their adrenal function. I think this is the most universal thing to be aware of. Your adrenal glands are your fight or flight glands. They are your stress tolerance bands. They are the glands that secrete hormones that tell us that a tiger's chasing us, that, you know, surge the adrenaline and get away. They secrete glucocorticoids. They secrete mineral corticoids. They keep everything balanced and happy. Cortisol is your anti-inflammatory molecule. If you're not making enough, you will be in pain all the time. If you're making too much, you're going to be fat with visceral fat. So, and that's from stress. So adrenal glands are really, really, that's a slam dunk easy one. And most people can access some kind of adrenal support. I have one in my store you can check out called Resilience. I really love it. It's a little more intense than some. So it's it's designed, you know, you got to give it a try and see if that's too stimulating for you. Uh, take it with food, see how you do and give your adrenal some love. This isn't just about supplementing. You really have to mitigate your stress. So your adrenal glands are your stress response glands. Quickly, and we're not going to get too much into this, going upstream from all of these glands I speak of in the next few minutes, we have to consider the brain. So the brain is where the hypothalamus lives, talks to the pituitary, the pituitary talks to the adrenals, talks to the thyroid, talks to all the other glands. And so the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis or the hypothalamic pituitary gonad axis, all of these axes, uh, these are contingent on good brain health as well. So a hard hit to the noggin can actually screw up all of your hormones. And in fact, men who have traumatic brain injury or who have a lot of head injuries will often present with very low testosterone. I have seen multiple, multiple young men come into my clinic in their 20s and early 30s with testosterone in the toilet. Part of that's due to the toxicity in the environment. A large part of it is due to repeated head injuries. Same with women. I've seen it in gymnasts. I've seen it in women who played more of the contact sports and who had a gymnast. I was a gymnast. So it's not all as simple as supplementing the gland. Anyway, I wanted to throw that in there. 
you can see this is complicated. <laughs> Endocrinology is complicated. I'm just trying to give you the quick and dirty. The next system I look at is the thyroid. If you're over 40, I can almost guarantee you that you could probably use a little bit of thyroid support. How you want to do that is up to you. I'm not going to get into dosing. I'm not going to get into types. Please, please, please do not email me or message me on Instagram asking me for specifics. I cannot help you. I'm not your doctor. This is all for educational purposes. And I cannot tell you based on how you are, uh, the novel that you write me about your thyroid and what thyroid supplements you're taking or drugs you're taking, what you should do next. I do not know. I say that with love. I just, I get these all the time when I bring up these topics. So thyroid is responsible for your metabolism. It is responsible for how you process. It's very responsible for your metabolic health, but it's, you know, not the only factor in your metabolic health. And it is responsible to some degree for cellular turnover, it's responsible for mood. It's a huge one with depression. I This is so underappreciated. It's a huge one with pain. Thyroid hormone needs to be adequate and functional so that cellular metabolism can proceed forward in a healthy way. And this goes for cardiovascular health as well. If you're subclinically hypothyroid, meaning just you know, your labs are presenting at normal-ish, your doctor's like, meh, you're good, which happens all the time. Um, you're potentially, for women, I think it increases. I read a study years ago, I, I don't, I'm not quoting it potentially exactly, but it was some, something like 200 and something percent increased risk of, heart, of a heart attack if you're subclinically hypothyroid, meaning low thyroid. Thyroid can go high too, hyperthyroid. So either way, thyroid is critical. Um, and it works with the adrenals. So if you treat, if you get your adrenals working better and you're feeling better, but you're still fatigued and you're still kind of dragging around, consider thyroid. And again, if you're over 40, men or women, especially females, we tend towards Hashimoto, you know, 90 some percent of low thyroid is Hashimoto's or um, autoimmune thyroid. And it's mostly in women. So if you're over 40, ladies, I highly encourage you to find somebody who knows what they're doing. It's probably not going to be your general MD. It's going to be a specialized doc. And in many cases, it's not going to be your neighborhood naturopath or chiropractor. It's going to be somebody who really knows how to work with hormones. And I'll say this, after using supplements for a number of years to try to get people better, um, prescription thyroid medication works much, much better. It's cheaper, it's faster, it's more efficient. Doctors who don't know how to use... I'll say this for all the hormones. Doctors who don't know how to use hormones or who don't have the prescribing rights on hormones will tell you not to use hormones and they will try to nudge your glands along. I am calling BS. As somebody who has tried that route with patients, because that's what the patients requested, I will tell you that a little bit of desiccated thyroid prescription is a huge money saver, a huge time saver. And as somebody who personally struggles with thyroid issues um, and my presenting symptomology is brain fog and depression mixed with a healthy dose of anxiety, I will never be without my thyroid hormones. And I joke that if we have a zombie apocalypse, I'm going to have to kill the squirrels and suck out their adrenal or their thyroid glands. <laughs> I want the thyroid gland of all the animals that we have to eat. <laughs> so uh, it's no joke. And I say that with respect, all of you clinicians and practitioners out there who are trying to nudge your patient's thyroids along, please, please, please do everybody a huge favor and find someone who can prescribe hormone. Everybody will get better faster. And when it comes to migraines, when it comes to frozen shoulder, when it comes to a lot of these presenting 
uh, musculoskeletal conditions that are extremely painful, including some autoimmune arthropathies, we really need the hormones better yesterday. Sometimes we're racing against the clock while joint destruction is actively happening. And this is where we don't nudge. We don't, we don't, you know, whisper to the gland with herbs and nutrients. We give them some hormone. And so finding a working relationship with a practitioner who knows what they're doing can help a great deal. If you really want to find someone who knows how to deal with your hormones, the chances of you having some insurance coverage for it is about slim and none because anybody who knows how to do good work knows better than to take health insurance because it's a scam and it's ran by the mafia and they don't pay doctors worth anything. So they're going to be an out-of-pocket expense and you may have to travel. I'll just leave it at that. The next thing I look at after adrenals and thyroid is progesterone. This is a really easy one. In many states, including Oregon, you can buy progesterone cream over the counter. I would say that it's incredibly safe and it used to be kind of the thought process that you could just smear this cream all over yourself and you'd be good to go. I don't think it's that simple. I think it can start to upregulate estrogen and or help estrogen do its job better, I should say. So it'll free up the estrogen a bit. That's a very crude way of saying it, but I have seen this happen before. And when people are presenting with low estrogen, women especially are presenting with low estrogen symptoms, and then we get some progesterone on board, um, those symptoms tend to resolve. And it's very tricky what the symptom picture is between low progesterone and low estrogen. They can look similar. So I th- I think of estrogen as being potentially more dangerous at the end of the day because it can start to go down the pro-cancer pathways. And so I think progesterone is a, a much safer place to start. And I have never seen, honestly, knock on wood, I mean, not I shouldn't say knock on wood, like, excuse me if I'm wrong here or remembering incorrectly, but I have never seen somebody with adequate progesterone that I've tested, Not not a female anyway. So just a side note, now maybe based on their age, if they were quite elderly, they might have more of a normal presenting progesterone for their age. But most young women, middle-aged women, I haven't seen good healthy progesterone levels in them ever. So progesterone is really important. And I like to think of it as making us a little bit uh, juicier and more elastic. And I'll say the same for estrogen. But I, again, I... I have prescribed a lot more progesterone than I ever have estrogen. I'm very hesitant to prescribe estrogen if the patient isn't very much taking amazing care of themselves and we aren't monitoring them very closely. Uh, With progesterone, I feel much more comfortable and it's available over the counter, guys. I mean, if the FDA hasn't pulled it down by now after they've witch hunted homeopathy and some other very benign things or safe things, I should say, then I'm not too worried about it. It is going up in cost, I've noticed. It's probably twice as expensive as it was a few years ago, which is weird, but it's made from wild yams and I think it works wonderfully. Work with a practitioner who knows what they're doing. Progesterone excess feels like bloat. It feels like um, morning sickness when you're first pregnant. It feels like you feel like crud. So you don't want to OD on your progesterone, but it is a neurohormone, meaning it has impact in the brain, If you, especially if you take it orally, and that's a prescription. And it's just a lovely, lovely hormone, and it makes people feel better, generally speaking. Their mood improves, their headaches improve, um, 
their periods improve. It's something I've used very generously with a lot of different age groups of women and had great success with it. But again, if you throw progesterone at somebody and you haven't addressed their adrenals and thyroid, they very much could bonk. So it's it's like the triad. I would say that's the more magical triad is the adrenals, thyroid, progesterone. Next up, and these are the two that I would prescribe much less often, are testosterone and estrogen. Testosterone is your anabolic steroid. Uh, women, unfortunately, have gotten the the short end of the stick on this. There's not even a diagnostic code for low testosterone in women, but it's so common and it is such a wonderful tool for pain, for mood, for so many things. And women who need testosterone when they get on it are like, oh my God, I feel so much better. Thank you. Now that doesn't last forever. And so testosterone is something I tend to cycle. Again, I don't want to get into the details of dosing, but it is sometimes your BFF. And again, careful with this one. Testosterone readily turns into estrogen and vice versa. We don't want to be cranking that pathway if the person is pushing their estrogen down a toxic pathway. That's pro, you know, more pro-grow, pro-cancer. Lastly, estrogen. Estrogen, as it starts to decline, you could imagine your typical middle-aged woman who's heading into menopause, i.e. me. <laughs> uh, when estrogen starts to decline, the belly fat starts to come on. And that's because estrogen, when it's low, will actually lead to folks not only adding fat, but not being able to burn it as readily in the most simple terms. And then Conversely, too much estrogen will make you puff right up. And so estrogen is one of those real tricky ones. Again, I was never super comfortable prescribing it. And I think the reason being is because most folks who came into my clinic were very healthy. And I ran, I didn't take, I didn't do sick care. I did well care. I took care of healthy people who just needed to get healthier. And most of my folks were strength training. They were active. They ate well. They just needed a little tinkering, right? I did not usually have very sick people come in. Uh, that's a misnomer. I got that question the other day in my comments. Somebody said, you're a doctor and you didn't take care of sick people? And I'm like, nope, never. I never had sick people come in my clinic. I, t- I had people that were struggling, but they were usually people who had gotten through this highly toxic, highly food corrupted world with some semblance of health uh, because they had their wits about them and their common sense and they took good care of themselves. They just needed some tinkering because uh, it's a toxic world and it's the food system and everything, the you know, all of it, the allopathic system, everything about it's corrupt. So I was the voice of reason in that storm and I would try to help them. So they didn't usually need a whole lot of hormones. Again, we were just trying to get physiologic levels up. So some adrenal support was really common. Some thyroid support was really, really common. Progesterone support, very, very common. Testosterone and estrogen less commonly needed, but when needed, very small doses and I didn't like to keep people on it indefinitely. I did have some older guys who'd been on it a long time. They were my mentor's patients and they definitely needed higher doses for, and they were on it all the time because that was just kind of where they were at in life. And that is fine too. We made sure to track everything else to to verify that we weren't uh, causing them any problems down the line. So testosterone and estrogen cycle into each other. They molecularly look very similar and... Like I mentioned with my own example, if you are taking the testosterone, but you are aromatizing, that's an enzyme that lives in your belly fat. 
So the more belly fat you have, the more aromatase enzyme you have, the more likely your testosterone is going to turn into estrogen, which is a disaster for men and women. It's a huge disaster for men. I'm not going to get too much into the studies, but I will tell you very quickly the studies that you've heard about BHRT being dangerous. That was because they were using progestins, which are not progesterone. They are progestins and they were using the combo of estrogen and progestins, which leads to all kinds of problems for women. And in men, they were not monitoring their estrogen levels, which is a huge issue that I have run into clinically where men will start to turn their testosterone readily into estrogen, especially if their metabolism is screwed up. In both cases, if their metabolism is screwed up, you're going to be sending stuff down bad pathways. And if alcohol intake is high, you can run into a lot of problems with that. So if you are a man taking testosterone, you definitely want to have your estrogen tracked and monitored. And I was so, I was such a hard nose about this that I had men sign a contract to agree to all of the lifestyle changes necessary. And if they weren't going to be eating very strict, like keto paleo and lifting weights three times a week, I wasn't re-upping their testosterone. And in women, they had to promise not to let their body fat get too high and they need because that will start to send hormones in wonky directions. And they needed to make similar lifestyle changes. Optimally, we were looking at hormone, or I'm sorry, metabolic optimization. Like that's that was it. That was the holy grail. Keep your metabolism healthy and your hormones will usually behave better and go down the right pathways. Quickly, I want to give you a quick insulin and glucose 101 because we're talking metabolism here and insulin is it's a hormone if you if you ask me. So, it's pro-grow as well. Um insulin is the key that lets the glucose in the cell and our cells are ran off glucose. So, you need insulin in healthy amounts to unlock the door so the glucose can go through and get into the cell and be used as fuel. When there's too much blood sugar in the body because of dietary choices or high stress levels, ironically, COVID will induce a high blood sugars situation transiently. Any variety of reasons, um, insulin will start to elevate in response. The pancreas pumps out insulin. Insulin lets the glucose in. If that gets too out of control with the glucose, your body will start to cleave off the insulin receptors and you will become what's called insulin resistant. The receptors are cleaved off. The sugars are high in the blood, not in the cell. The cells are starving. The cells are screaming, hey, we're starving. Your brain thinks you're starving. You overeat. You tend to want refined carbohydrates. Meanwhile, sugars are high in the blood. Insulin is cranking out of the pancreas in response to the high blood sugars. And the cells are cleaving off the insulin receptors. They can't hear it anymore. They're like, la, 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 we can't hear you. And you now dive into what's known as insulin resistance, which I would say is probably the number one issue we're dealing with in the modern world. And I would say that a good 90 plus percent of US adults and many, many, many children, I don't even know, I don't even want to know how many children are dealing with insulin resistance and it's a disaster. This is how cancer starts. 
insulin is pro-grow. This is how obesity starts and flourishes. This is how it becomes very challenging to overcome obesity and the obesogenic state. This is how diabetes type 2 starts and proliferates. It's insulin resistance. Insulin resistance is the number one leading cause of lifestyle-induced and age-related illness in the world. And it's reversible and it's completely 100% in your control. And it's only in your control. No one else can fix this. No medication can fix this. This is 100% lifestyle management. And it is 100% the leading cause of age-related degenerative illness. So you see the pickle. If insulin's completely out of whack and you're insulin resistant, none of your hormones are going to work correctly. So that's where the metabolic health comes in. All right. So that was your quick and dirty hormones 101. I hope that's very helpful for you. It's very important. If it was too much, that's okay. It's a lot. It's endocrinology. Go back and listen to this episode and take notes. Here are my solutions. Number one, I would highly encourage you, regardless of what weight you are, what age you are, where you think you're at, whether you think you're super metabolically sound or not, again, 94% of you probably are not. So, which I know I'm not pointing a finger. I know that sounds shocking, but that is it. That's where we're at. That was in 2018, you guys. That was pre-pandemic. Imagine what lockdowns have done. Lockdowns doubled the rate of diabetes type 2 in children in just one six-month period. So imagine what happened to adults. And most adults within the first year of pandemic lockdowns were something like, came out of it like something like 20-some pounds heavier. So that was just in the first year. So we all know what's going on. The first thing I would do is get yourself a continuous glucose monitor. I have teamed up with NutriSense. They have a wonderful monitor they have a wonderful system. They have a cool app that goes with the monitor. A one month subscription will get you two monitors because each monitor lasts 14 days. You'll also get a month of access to their expert dietitians who help you in real time via the messaging uh, portion of the app to figure out what you're doing. It, they they chime in. It's amazing. I'll have a huge blood sugar spike for some reason and they'll chime in the next morning and be like, hey, we noticed this on your app. What's going on? What did you eat? And they'll try to help you troubleshoot and understand how the food you're eating, the stress you're enduring, the life you're living, the sleep disruption you may or may not be having, how all of that is impacting your blood sugars. And it is the most elegant, vital tool I've ever used. And like I said, my house is a cornucopia of biohacking tools. I have literally everything that I could possibly think of here. And this is the most cost efficient way that I've ever seen to monitor and track how my overall health is. And I've had all the gizmos, guys. I've had the aura rings and the whoop watches and all of those things. I absolutely love my continuous glucose monitor. I love the company NutriSense. They are, they're good people good customer service, and I've had great feedback from my audience in working with them. And every single time somebody heeds me on this and and takes up the call and gets themselves a one, maybe three, maybe six or month or longer subscription, depending on your overall health. If If you know you're metabolically a disaster, give yourself a nine or 12 month subscription and really take the time this year to get your health in order. Everyone who's done that has written back to me and said, oh my gosh, that was the best investment I've ever made. You were right. Like that's such a cool tool. It's so helpful. 
And I've done episodes on this in the past that you guys can go back and listen to, but hands down, absolutely love my continuous glucose monitor. You can save on your first month subscription or any product, really any subscription offer by using the link in the show notes and by using the discount code Dr. Tina, D-R-T-Y-N-A, and that will get you a sweet discount on your first purchase with NutriSense. Absolutely love the company, love the product. Not lying, not blowing any steam up your butt. (laughs) This is hands down. It's something I do quarterly is I spend a month with a glucose monitor on and I really, each time really dial in all the variables and take a good hard look at all of the ways I'm living my life, all my lifestyle uh, pieces and parts. And I take note of what I can do better. And each time I go through a month with the monitor on, I learn something new about myself. So really valuable tool. Number two, I would love to invite you to my newest offer, my metabolic revamp toolkit. I've just launched it for 2023 as a gift to all of you guys. Very inexpensive. You can find it on my website with so many other tools on how to get your metabolic health dialed in there, as well as several episodes of this podcast, The Dr. Tina Show, to learn all about what is metabolic health and how to optimize it. And with that, I will bid you adieu. We will be back next week. I appreciate your time as always. And I hope this episode was very valuable. I encourage you to share it with friends. You know, when you get your friends and your family members on the same tip, magic happens in the household and magic happens in your life. And so share this out. You guys can do me a huge gift and head to your favorite podcast player. I am loving Apple Podcasts for this very purpose, but we're on Spotify as well as another big one. Um, if you could subscribe to the podcast and then rate and review, that would mean the world to me. It helps get eyeballs on the show and it helps get other people aware of the problem that we're having with metabolic health. I, I talk about it in almost every episode because to me, it is the crux of the reason why we're having such a terrible time with this pandemic and why humans in general are really in a pickle. And I think we're in big trouble as a species because we are so metabolically unsound and it is such a complete disaster. And only you can change and upgrade your metabolic health. So check out my website for all of my tools and get yourself a continuous glucose monitor if that's in the cards for you. Again, NutriSense, link in bio, Dr. Tina's the code, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to The Dr. Tina Show. Please be sure to follow me on Instagram at Dr. Tina, that's D-R-T-Y-N-A and Dr. Tina 2.0, as well as visit my website at drtina.com. This is a Resonant Media production produced by Drake Peterson and mixed by Chris McCone. The theme song is by John the Guilt. As always, you can email the show at podcast at drtina.com. And if you like this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. See you next week. This podcast is for general informational purposes only. It does not constitute the practices of medicine, nursing, or other professional healthcare services, including the giving of medical advice. I am a doctor, but I am not your doctor. No doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of this information and the materials linked to this podcast is at the user's own risk. The content on this podcast is intended not to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice from any medical condition they have, and they should seek the assistance of their healthcare professionals for any such conditions. Do you suffer from IBS or other digestive issues? Are you looking for a new podcast to listen to? From the producer of The Dr. Tina Show comes the all-new health and nutrition podcast, Digest This, hosted by Bethany Ugardi. 
You may know Bethany as the face of the popular Instagram page, Lil Sipper, or you may have even read her book. Now you can find her wherever you get your podcasts. On Digest This, Bethany examines topics such as gut health, nutrition, the food industry, and highlights specific ingredients that can be beneficial or harmful to your gut health. She also explores non-toxic options in beauty, home, and cooking essentials. If it has to do with your health, Digest This is talking about it. Each episode features an interview with health experts, doctors, and wellness advocates and delivers you information that is, well, easy to digest. Bethany also delivers a weekly segment every episode called Bite of Knowledge, where she highlights an ingredient commonly used in food, skin care, household cleaning, you name it, and gives you the lowdown on the benefits or dangers that ingredient might have in your everyday life. From Botox, potassium, olive oil, and magnesium, all the way to those ingredients you can barely pronounce on the back of your cereal boxes, Bethany has you covered. There's a reason why it debuted at number two on Apple Podcast Nutrition Charts. Check out Digest This on your favorite podcast app. New episodes every Monday and Wednesday. Produced by Drake Peterson and Resonant Media.